let's start the podcast. Let's, let's do this. Okay. We are uh, we're the Rethink Podcast episode. What is it, Stefan? We need to get him studio a mic- audience needs to come to. We need to get him a microphone. 108. 108. Episode 108. Who would have ever thought? 108 episodes of the Rethink Podcast. We are glad you're joining us Man, for this sounds, very special one. That sounds like forever. Well, we started after COVID or during COVID. I Did think. we really? Yeah. Well, we used to do a hunting podcast. Mm-hmm. I wasn't invited. To that, that was really fun. Well, we weren't really good at it either. <laughs> well, we we had guests come in because we didn't know anything. <laughs> We, we gave that up because we didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. And now we're 108 episodes into this, and I don't think we know much here either. But anyway, we are on Philippians, Philippi, Acts chapter 16. This is week number three uh, of this series. There's three stories of life change that we've investigated. Uh, so let's wrap up Philippi and, and maybe give a, a glimpse of where we're heading in the future. But uh, Philippi, recap the, the story. Can we? We sure. got all these videos online through the app mm-hmm. that are amazing. Thank they you, are. Stefan and Stefan. <laughs> Just one Stephen. person. One person. <laughs> yes, uh, Stefan. Yeah. So I think I started this series. I think I don't remember. We've preached the whole series. I haven't even been scheduled Jeff, to preach. Jeff, Me neither. Just I preached one gone. time. I guess actually did forty-seven <clears throat> minutes, and everybody said that's enough. Greatest of all time. Um, yeah. So Paul and Silas, Timothy and Luke. They, well, I guess it starts with, with chapter 16 starts with the addition of Timothy to the team. Mm -hmm. Um, Timothy joins Paul and they make their way all throughout the whole region, really, until God says, hey, I want you to go here. They start splitting them up at the end and send them to different Mm -hmm. locations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they get to Philippi. They go to uh, the place of prayer. Um, There's no, as you alluded to, Jeff, in your... 47-minute sermon. There's no synagogue in Philippi. Just as a note, he's making fun of me. See, that's how we do business here. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead. You said uh, 10, 10 yeah. Jewish mm-hmm. head of households for synagogue? Yeah. So there's not even that in Philippi. So they, they go down to the place of prayer outside the city. There they meet Lydia. Um, Paul shares the gospel with her. I think it's verse 11. It says that the Lord opens her heart, which I think is a really cool reminder that God's the one that opens the heart of people. Now she responds, and she's baptized along with her whole family. From there, they meet a slave girl, and she's following them around. Text says Paul's annoyed with her, which is hilarious. Um, and he casts the demon out of her in the name of Jesus. Uh, she's set free. Her owners are upset. They're making money business, if you will, is gone. Paul and Silas are ending up in jail. Luke and Timothy evidently slept in that morning. Uh, they weren't around. <laughs> and that's where they are, right here, where they're in jail. Okay, so we, we ended up with they're in jail. Now we're going to go from they're in jail, or actually what happens to them, then they go to jail. I guess that's true. They're they're beaten and oh, man. flogged. So just briefly, one, one of you wants you to... The flogging. It said it doesn't just say flogged. They're beaten with rods and they are severely flogged. Mm-hmm. What's the distinction between flogging and severe flogging? I mean, <laughs> I guess yeah. They were allowed by law to go forty lashes minus one, so thirty-nine was the limit. Because at some point you you, you kill a person. Mm-hmm. 
maybe not with the actual at the moment of beating, but we, we think about this, you know, like in regards to you read things about the Civil War, how many people had limbs amputated and well, they're doing this to your back, so you can't remove that. Infections and, and mm. things of that are going to set in and they're going to die a slow, agonizing death. That, that's what's going to happen here. Mm -hmm. So they are they're severely flogged and then thrown in prison. And the, the jailer is warned, hey, don't let these guys out. So he puts them in the inner cell. He fastens them in, in stocks. Yeah, and prisons are not like what prisons are today. Mm -hmm. They're basically sewage pits at this point. Yeah, it's just a case. If the location that they have identified in Philippi there uh, that we saw is correct, it's just a dungeon. It's a mm -hmm. cave. Mm -hmm. There is no escape to it, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, that, I think when we showed up to Philippi, like, that's the place I was going to look for first. And then, you know, we obviously don't know if it's the right place. But, I mean, what a... It's a humbling moment to be there. Mm -hmm. I was just... intrigued by how close it was to the main, like, the main street. Yeah. It was just like, it was like it was an ominous warning. There's the, there's the jail right there, just mm -hmm. off the main square. Mm -hmm. I think I was standing there with you, and you said... You know, can you imagine them being drugged down the street and put in this hole? Like, I mean, it's very possible that this this could be this location. We don't know, but yeah, beaten with rods. You know, when he says in Second uh, Corinthians, he talks about all the things that he's gone through for the sake of the gospel. It's very possible that when he thinks about that flogging, mm -hmm. he's thinking about Philippi. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't a. A warm welcome from the city officials. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we we obviously didn't record a podcast here uh, last week, but, you know, he he waits several days. There's lots of people that speculate as to why he didn't just do that immediately. Why Cast he waited. The demon. Yeah. And, I don't know, he... I think it's somewhat because he knew... He'd been, and this is his second missionary journey. He has got to be thinking about his time in Lystra, you know, in Acts 14 when he's stoned. Maybe he knew, like, the minute I do this, it's going to get heated quick. Mm -hmm. There's such a there's such an underlying mystery there, though, of the, the timing of the Holy Spirit. Because I, I think he's being led and directed, right, in yeah. what to do and not to do, and he's trying to follow, obviously. There's just something about timing here, and partly maybe that's the reasoning, because if he does this now, he hasn't had time to establish the message that he's trying to communicate. Um, I don't know, or, or maybe he just finally gets annoyed. I, I don't know, it's it's possible, yeah. I guess, that that's the thing, but it does seem to be more likely yeah. I mean, it's once possible. you do this, it's over. Yeah, and the reason I bring that up is because it's how this story ends in verses 37, 38, 39, 40-ish, like maybe he was working a bigger plan here. And he knew that, you know, this is a brand new church started in Philippi in Lydia's home. And one thing, one thing that I've noticed as I'm reading through these stories again <clears throat> is every time the gospel, like, interacts with the culture, mm -hmm. there's a clash. Yeah. Yep. And so the gospel is countercultural to everything that was going on then. And a lot of times we think, oh, our situation's bad or, you know, society's a mess now. But when the gospel of Jesus entered into 
you know, these people's lives, it, it wrecked what was going on. Like, you can't just leave the same being, oh, that was a nice message from Paul. Mm-hmm. Stumbling block. Right? Yeah. It, it, it's either the answer or it's foolishness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Always. And so, I mean, Paul's getting beaten, you know, as he's proclaiming this truth that he now is living, he goes from, you know, beating, you know, and stoning to being beaten and stoned because of what the gospel does. And that's the, that's kind of a reality as we look at all these stories is at some point you have to make a decision. Is this a path you're going to walk down or a path that you're going to reject? And we see that in all these stories. And Philippi is one of those is Mm -hmm. we have multiple instances of how it radically changes people's lives. Well, that's, and that's the thing is like, I talked about that last weekend, but there's just two responses when the gospel is preached, you can accept or you can reject. Those are the options, mm-hmm. you know. John MacArthur points out that there are so many similarities between the way this story of Lydia is introduced and the way the story of the slave girl is introduced. He's on the place, on his way to a place of prayer. Yeah, right. And the, these two women are really representative of every category of humanity that that exists that matters to God. Mm-hmm. Right. We divide people in. Um, by race, by economic status, by gender, by age, you know, all kinds of things we separate people by. But in the eyes of God, you either are his child or you're not. Mm-hmm. You're either following him or you're not. You either accept Jesus or you don't. And the gospel just leaves no room for maybe. Mm-hmm. It's yes or no. Yeah. The thing that I think is really cool about this is... and. It's something that I have probably just missed over the years, but the with the introduction of Lydia, the introduction of a demonic slave girl, enter the introduction we're about to talk about today of a Gentile Roman jailer. For the Jewish religious man, these are the three groups of people that he hates the most. Yep. Women, slaves, and Gentile men. And it's like Acts 16. Working for the Roman government. Yeah. Acts mm-hmm. 16 is telling us, hey, Jesus is for all people. Yeah. Well, remember who he's sent to yeah. whenever Jesus appears to him. Yep, You're going to be my messenger to the Gentiles. Up until this point, like a little bit here mm-hmm. and there, but it's kind of through Jewish influence. It's going to get real on this second missionary journey of what God's called him to. Yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, the text says that about midnight, they're, they're singing and they're praying to God. One of the cool things about this, it says right after that, is that the other prisoners are listening. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. Like, they're, it's the middle of the night. I, I think I'd be probably ready to catch some sleep. Do you think they had like Chris mm. Tomlin songs? WBGL. David Crowder. Some Old Testament. No, they're singing Jordan. This is, this is Paul. Who, Jordan's who, who's new an Old Testament album. Mm-hmm. superstar, right? <laughs> Jordan's new song. Uh, we resound. <laughs> holy, holy. <laughs> the <laughs> just the whole. I don't know. I think they're so. This is so unusual. So. I think that's why they're listening. So not normal. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Right. That 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 when these guys come into prison and they're singing and praying, uh, that may be annoying for a moment, but then you step back. 
Of course, you're in here in prison, you have nothing else to do but but, yeah. but listen and think. Yeah. Right? There's something about them that, that catches everybody's attention. You're going to see it in the jailer and just the mm -hmm. latter part of the story. Yeah. You know, And his whole family, probably, because that's just not normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you guys ever seen uh, The Insanity of God? The movie? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you should, you guys, everyone should watch it. Anyway, there's a story, basically... This guy goes around interviewing um, Christians and missionaries who have been persecuted, stuff like that. And there's a story of a guy who was put in jail in Russia for like 30 years. And he had what he called a God song. And he sang it every day. And it was a worship song. And finally he was let go. And as he's walking out, the entire prison starts singing that song that he had sung for 30 years. Mm. And no one had ever sung it, he said, you know, up until that point or anything like that. Ah, he didn't even know anyone. Him. But they had heard him singing that every single day in the entire, and he said, you know, like the entire prison erupted in this worship, huh. you know, of this What's song. What's the movie called? Insanity of God. I go watch that. Where can you watch that at? Uh, I think it's on, I don't know if it's on YouTube still or not, but it's uh, hmm. Revelation Media. Uh, I think you can get it on there. But I always show it to my theology of missions class for DTI because it's all these interviews of like what people go through because of what they believe, you know. I was thinking about that missionary from Turkey mm -hmm. who was in, in prison for his faith and was released. But he talks about how like it was the darkest moments of his life, you mm -hmm. know, and holding on to his faith in the midst of suffering. That's something that we just don't we don't experience a whole lot of here. Mm -mm. You know, sit there. Yeah, that's on YouTube. Is huh. it? Yeah, insanity of God. I need to watch it. So, the the, the lesson there though is when we're we're always seeking blessing, and that that is used as a test or a measurement to see that you're walking right with God. You're living and receiving blessing. You get a good parking spot. You get you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> If, if, and, and that's promoted by the health and wealth mantra of, of our culture, that if, you, if you're following Jesus, you're going to be blessed. When the reality is, Jesus says you're going to, you will be persecuted mm -hmm. when you are persecuted, when people falsely say all kinds of things against you. I think, not that we want to seek persecution, but great transformation and testimony happens when we face adversity and and we keep our focus upon Jesus. Yeah. That's what James says. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, yeah. when you face trials and tribulations. <laughs> well, you see that the way we, we we witness people keeping their faith in the midst of struggle, you know, a, a negative diagnosis or, or, or you name it. And that's, that's a real testimony, mm -hmm. right? We, we all can praise God in the blessings. But if we can lift him up and give thanks in the midst of the struggles, people listen mm -hmm. to that. And I think that's yeah. what the message there is. People were listening because this isn't normal for people to, to suffer and, and still praise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you have, what's interesting is you have them in prison, they're singing and they're praying. It says the prisoners are listening, and then we find out that there's one guy there that wasn't listening because... He's asleep. 
the earth begins to shake and it says he wake he wakes up uh-huh. and chains fall off doors fly open and the jailer's first reaction is to draw a sword mm-hmm. i mean think about the emotional roller coaster this guy's on he goes from dead sleep to drawing a sword yeah but that's because there's more honor. You don't mm-hmm. want. Yep. He's going to die for his prisoners escaping, mm-hmm. and so it's more honorable culturally for him to take his own life. He's doing maybe what's he, noble. Maybe he died in conflict or the escape or something, right? Trying mm-hmm. to defend the prison. Yep. Than it is for them to take his life. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so he's maintaining some honor there, but he's in a panic. Yeah. I mean, you guys remember a few years ago we were in Turkey and uh, we had that earthquake. Yeah. Like, I woke up terrified. Yeah. I'm like, and it wasn't probably to this magnitude. Yeah. You know, like. This is, it says violent. Yeah. Well, and it's a very specified location, too. Yeah. True. I can say that's the thing we learned in that whole region of Philippi, too, is there's no first century buildings because of all the earthquakes. Yeah. Right. It's earthquakes are not normal, but. But but this one's unique. I mean, when it it says the chains come loose, Mm -hmm. the doors come open, the chains come loose. That's not just an earthquake. No, it's, it's, uh, That's it's a, a God, big one. God's yep. shaking things up. Yep. Yeah. Right. And they 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 stay there. That's what I, I guess think that's is, the key to the story. It's crazy, too. It's like... Paul shows us in a little bit. He's not leaving even when they let him go. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. But yeah, I mean, the, the jailer wakes up and his first reaction, like it says, draw a sword. But then out of, out of the darkness, Paul says... Hey, hold on. We're all here. Don't harm yourself. Mm-hmm. So he calls for lights. He well, goes over well, there. Well, the earthquake took the electricity out. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely it. <laughs> yeah, generator shut power, down there. Power grid gone. Yeah. So, but yeah, all the prisoners stay. What What in the world did Paul and Silas have to, what did they communicate that they wanted to stay? Right. I mean... So he comes rushing in and falls before him, the text says. Yep. And the the question that he asks is, is interesting. Maybe this is a, the, the other line of reasoning for the, the slave girl. Maybe the testimony that this, the demon had been offering, you know, that, that whole concept of demonic speaking through, that's where the, the idea of ventriloquism comes from. Mm-hmm. So she's the dummy that the spirit has been speaking through. Maybe that testimony, why is why are these people being thrown in my prison? Well, the demon said and what he's telling people what they need to do to be saved. Mm-hmm. Right? So he probably knew it and heard well, it. Well, I'm assuming that's the charge that's been leveled against mm-hmm. them. Yep. Yeah, you're right. And so what must I do to be saved? Uh-huh. He asks. <laughs> right? Well, yeah, he calls He's like, Okay, this is not yeah. normal. Yeah. He calls his prisoners sirs. Mm-hmm. Like there's an immediate change in like totally. immediate. What must I do to be saved? So the, the, the demon's testimony, I think the, the Satan's a liar. That's obvious from the, from scripture. Yeah. He's the father of lies, but he masquerades as an angel of light. He told the truth to get people to later believe a lie. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think this is my theorization on this, but this slave girl, if, if they don't cast the demon out of that slave girl, Eventually, she's she's echoing the message of Paul and Silas. When they leave, she becomes a spokesperson, mm. right? And so now the demon has to be cast out so that that can't happen because the, the devil's telling the truth so he can lie later, mm-hmm. which is his strategy. But 
that testimony of the demon may have led to the jailers partially understanding who these guys are, although they have been praying and, and singing in prison too. So they they've verified that. But I don't know. I, I find that fascinating. That is, that his first cool question. Connection. His first question is, "What must I do to be saved?" Hmm. I'm just thinking like. There's a really easy, like, what kind of earthquake do you need in your life to, <laughs> you know, but like, seriously, like sometimes well, you need I mean, to be shaken. Here's the thing. I think, I think sometimes that's what it takes for people. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it, it does take the lowest of you lows. Know, I, I've heard desperate parents, I mean, like desperate for their, their kids to, to wake up and change, actually have prayed, Lord, do whatever it takes, mm-hmm. which is a scary thing to pray because earthquakes aren't just ground shaking. Yeah. Right. There are tragedies and struggles and it breaks rocks. Oh man. I think the you know the thing that really hurts the most in watching people respond to some of the lows is that I've been involved in multiple situations through ministry where people come to you and they're they're in that low part, right? And they're they're almost ready. They don't ask the same question though. And yeah. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, things start to look like they're going to get a little bit better, and they never actually make the decision. Mm-hmm. And, man. So his response to them is they need to believe, mm-hmm. which ticks me off. Because right here, Paul doesn't give us everything we need to know about say, how to be saved. <laughs> well, you imagine, like, what well, must I do to be saved? And Paul's like, well, actually, it's nothing that you can do. You know, like, but. Believe. Believe. Mm-hmm. So then immediately he and his household were baptized. Well, mm-hmm. at first he washes their wounds. Which I think is crazy. You imagine, the you were not talking about this yesterday, you think his kids ever watched him wash the wounds of any other prisoners? No. Not a chance. But you're making an assumption, first of all, that he had kids. Mm-hmm. Well, it says his household. His household. Could have sure. been slaves, servants. Could have been a yeah. wife. Mm-hmm. Could have been. Yeah. Doesn't have to, well... I, I just brought that because sometimes people use these two texts to, like, households, mm-hmm. acceptance. Yeah. That's infant baptism. Well, not every house has a baby in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, so. Well, when he says, like, you can you can be saved, you and your whole household, like, he's what he's saying there is not the decision of the father makes his household saved. He's really communicating your household as well can be saved as well as the rest of the city. But the same criteria applies to them as did him. Yep. Do you believe? Yep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they had yep. to be capable of knowing and believing. Yeah. Sermon's getting longer Side as note. we keep talking. Yeah, I know. That's why it's 47 minutes. <laughs> so the jailer, he washes their wounds. Uh, everybody witnesses that, and he and his household are baptized. He brings them into his house and sets a meal before them. And I love this phrase. He's filled with joy. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he has come to believe in God. That's a huge thing in this story. He, he has what Paul and Silas have. Peace surpasses understanding. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Joy in the midst of all circumstances. It's, this is a beautiful, I love this story. Mm-hmm. Why did I let you preach this? Story? I don't know. You really, Are you, you preaching it at Clay County? No. Who's preaching at Clay County? Maybe I could do ben, that. Ben V. You can just oh. kick him off. Gosh. Guy makes a schedule around here, so. <laughs> Oh, that's that's a beautiful story of, of transformation, right? Mm-hmm. I like the little teaser at the end. The magistrates come, mm-hmm. let them go, let them go. And Paul says, "Nah, 
The yeah. so easy. The, the officers <laughs> I'm a, come. I'm a Roman citizen. Yeah, the officers come. Pulling the card. And then they he makes the magistrates come. And, you know, I wonder why, though, like, you know, again, we talked about this a little bit, but, like, he never says. He could have ended this whole thing. Yeah. I, I think Paul is... I, He's playing, long, he's playing the long game. 100% being led by the Spirit, no doubt. Sure. Yeah. But Paul is a smart dude, and he knows that the gospel is bigger than just himself. And yeah. so he's willing to, I think he really is willing to sacrifice his own comfort in order to make sure the gospel goes to the highest levels, to the yeah. most influential, because that's where he knew it was going to So, But think about the implications of that statement. He is willing to take a flogging, a severe flogging, instead of just saying, I'm a Roman citizen. I'm a Roman citizen. You can't mm-hmm. do that without a trial. Yeah. He could have He could have not been beaten that night. Right. But he, he didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And you see it as a pattern Paul does all the way to the very end when he appeals to Caesar in Rome. You know, like, he just, he keeps proclaiming the gospel message despite his discomfort. And his he's letting his own rights be, you know, put I gotta, secondary. Honestly, got to tell you, I'm not there. That's I a mean, tough if one. If I had a way out of that one, yeah, I'm taking it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what. I, mm-hmm. He is just so clearly being led by the Spirit. He's got perfect peace no matter what circumstance you think, comes. You think Silas was like, hey, man, let's just tell him. <laughs> I think Silas was like, shut up. Uh-huh. He's like, just tell him. Just tell him. Come on. Yeah, you're in charge here, man. Just tell him. <laughs> mm. I don't know. I mean, so the magistrates, they they say, hey, here's the deal. You're free, but please leave. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're they're obviously going to do that, but there's not yet one more place they got to go. They go back to the church in Lydia's home. And I love what it says. It said it encourages them. Mm -hmm. They encourage them. The church is not encouraging the men who are just beaten. The men who are beaten are encouraging the church. Mm -hmm. And I think here's the conversation that night. Hey, we're getting ready to leave. And this might happen to you. Mm -hmm. If it does, we were singing and praying to God. Rejoice because God is in control. Yep. And then, like, just for fun, you imagine, like, did the jailer get introduced to the new church? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it doesn't say he it quit his say, job and, you know, it doesn't became say. a pastor. He it probably went yeah. back. But this church becomes like that. We just love the reading the letter of Philippians because it's such a letter of encouragement. Mm-hmm. Right? This church becomes a leading supporter of this entire effort from here forward. Uh, and we have that beautiful letter. So... I don't know. It's, it's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool set of stories. Act 16. Hey, thanks for joining us on episode 108 of the Rethink Podcast. We promise not to make fun of anybody again. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs>